Welcome to the 28th episode of Embodied Living Yoga. I'm Shannon Elliott. Today is From the Couch Friday. Um, I have taken a little time off, and uh, so there's been a little bit of a space between this episode and the last one, and uh, it's been nice. So today I was um, I was thinking about something that had happened maybe about a week ago. Uh, my six-year-old uh, was upset and he was extremely sad. He had, he had just come home from my exes and they had just gotten back from vacation and our vacation um, to Martha's Vineyard started the next morning. So basically they were at Hershey Park for a few days and, uh, you know, got dropped off and straight to my house and uh, we were leaving the next morning at 6 a.m. So that's a lot. We try not to do that, you know, but it, it did happen this time, uh, these back-to-back vacations, which is a lot, you know, for any anyone really, but little kids, I think, especially. And he was just so, so, so tired and um, really, uh, he's really amazing at expressing himself, actually. But he was in bed that night and he was crying and he just wanted to go back um, to go back to my ex's house and he wanted us all to live there together. And he didn't understand why we couldn't all live together. Uh, you know, he even said, it's okay. You know, it's funny kids minds. Cause he said, it's okay. You know, you wouldn't even have to pay anything. You could just live there. Um, and it's so hard to explain, you know, especially to a six year old. And this really, um, the interesting part of this is, this is also all he's ever known. Um, you know, we were divorced uh, less than a year probably after he was born. So he's always had two homes, you know, this is, this is his norm. Uh, but there's this part of him that is longing, right, for a family unit. And, you know, he also even said, um, you know, uh, we don't want to go back and forth so much. It's really tiring, you know. And our schedule is is really set well in a way that they're not bouncing around. But at that particular moment, he just wanted to be home, right, in one home and not uh, another. And, you know, it's, it's hard to watch that and to explain. I mean, I don't even know how you explain to a six-year-old um, because we get, my ex and I get along very well. I mean, there's a lot of cohesiveness, you know, and, and, and it's, it's hard to explain that this is a better way, right? This is a better way for all of us, but it doesn't feel like that to him. You know, you can't just say that. And that child's sadness, you know, when he's sad and his, at that moment, it's like a heartbreak and it's hard to watch, you know, it's this heartbreak for you, for me, because, I can't take it away from him. You know, you have to really let them feel it and this reality of divorce and, and how to love him through it, you know, love him through the, the situation that is happening for him in that moment. And I think um, something that really came out in that to me was the bravery of a child, you know, a child to be able to share his feelings. And I thought, well, that's great. Um, you know, kudos actually to me and my ex's parents that we, that they feel safe enough, right. To be able to say these things to us and that we can hold that space for them to have their feelings, whatever it is. And I think, 
um, the ability for a parent to hold a safe space for their feelings is just so huge. You know, there's not a lot of, um, you know, we all make mistakes and I, I make a ton of mistakes as a parent. And I think I put probably way too much pressure on myself to be a better parent. Um, but this is one area that I thought, wow, this is, this is great that he's coming to us with this. And that made me think about though, how, um, I think I can speak for myself that I need to do that more as an adult, right? I don't know that as adults, we, we hold safe space that people feel like they can come to us, you know, regardless of whatever it is they're feeling and how I personally can make another person feel safe, supported and validated for their feelings, regardless of agreeing or being able to change anything about it, right? But to just hold that safe space, you know, it's interesting um, as a parent how much better I am at that. Um, it's it, regardless of what they say to me, I mean, it. it I hold the space. You know, I support their feelings. I validate their feelings, um, even if I don't agree with them, even if I can't change anything about it. And um, it occurred to me in this moment that I really don't always do that in my personal relationships and that that could be uh, a nice connector, you know, to think about or to feel and bring up in times when I'm interacting with adults, you know, if I could treat that adult, you know, as my child, if that makes sense, I don't mean as a parent, right? But as I would my children, when they come to me with their feelings and their concerns and their upsets and their dreams and their desires or whatever it is, right? To be able to just hold a space and to, uh, we hear this, right? To listen, um, to listen and to not be, you know, constantly putting in our head how we're going to respond, you know, to allow people the freedom to take as long as they need to talk about their feelings and, and to let them get from beginning to end. I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. You know, uh, we don't always need an answer to fix it. We can always fix it. Um, you know, my, my son, my six-year-old really impressed me immensely. I mean, there was no hidden agenda, you know, this is just, his feelings and and how he was and and you just sit there and you hold it with them. That was all that we could think to do in that moment, right? Is to hold it with him, to be there with him. Um, you know, uh, is really uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch, even though it's painful. If that makes sense, and I think for him, you know, this is part of his. Uh, this time, it, it it's going to take some time to simmer. He needs to simmer with this because I don't think he ever realized, you know, before that we could, right, all just live together. And while that's not going to happen, it's not reality. You can't just say that, right? Like, get over it. It's not happening. No, of course not, right? But let him simmer with his feelings and to let him absorb his feelings and to understand that um, the healing in itself, right? Because this is a healing for him is going to take time. Um, and this made me really think about this particular story. At the same time, I was reading uh, the Orphan Keeper, which was recommended to me by one of our teachers and my friends, Shireen. And the Orphan Keeper uh, talks about uh, Dharma. I mean, it's a story about um, 
sorry, I'm just trying to find it here. A story where uh, a little boy from India, when he was uh, eight years old, I believe, he was kidnapped and, and then put into an orphanage and adopted to an American family. And through this, you know, American family, you know, he grew up, he had all these, you know, uh, you know, school education, all those kinds of things, right? And then he ended up uh, marrying an Indian woman back in India, you know, found his family. And this is such a brief overview. But it was interesting, because people will always say, you know, uh, people would say to him, oh, you know, imagine because he did he does a lot of work now it's based on a true story and he does a lot of work now in india and a lot of wonderful things that he probably would not have been able to do right if he grew up in that fan in his is family in india but because he went to america he could now come back to his village and and offer real help and service and um and so, you know, what a gift, right? And people will say, oh, you know, this happened to you, but what a gift, because without it, you know, you wouldn't um, have been able to do that. And he expresses that, you know, it's, that's like not, um, it's not a great thing to hear that, you know, because for him, while that is his path, right, there's part of him always that felt empty, always longed for his family and doesn't necessarily feel grateful that he got kidnapped, put into an orphanage and, and you know, adopted into a new family. While he loves his American family, he loves his new original family, right, he's, it's all worked out. It's not the sense of, oh, yeah, this happened for this reason. Now I can see, right. But there's this this little blurb uh, that I want to read from in the book that kind of talks about that. Um, Life never stops, child, even when it's noisy, unpleasant, painful. It's still the sound of duty, of love, of family, of laws older than time that help us to ultimately find contentment, to be happy. It's the sound of the universe. It's the sound of our universe. It's the sound of purpose. What you hear, my children, is the sound of Dharma. Right? So Dharma, and I think that this is this is such a beautiful thing, right? Life never stops when it's noisy, unpleasant, painful. It's still the sound of duty, of love, of family, of laws older than time that help us to ultimately find contentment, to be happy. It's the sound of our universe. It's the sound of purpose, right? What you hear, my children, is the sound of Dharma. And I think that that is just a beautiful thing because I think a lot of times when we, when we hear Dharma, we think passion, purpose, fulfillment, right? But Dharma can hold both fulfillment and pain at the same time, right? You do your duty and it can still be fulfilling and it can still be painful. And I think sometimes we forget that you can hold both at the same time. And I see that, um, you know, in this little thing with my child, maybe not so little for him, but as he's processing, right, it, this is his dharma right he's growing up this way and um he's lucky i think in a sense because 
again, I, you know, there isn't a lot of fighting or drama. Like we get along so well. So the, the cohesiveness, you know, I think is wonderful. But he is growing up in a two household family. Right. And he's growing up with a lot of um, that. That's his dharma. Right. That's one way. That's one part of what has been called upon him. And so this particular thing is part of leading him to that fulfillment. But it is also painful. And it's just that reminder that dharma can be both. You know, when we're leading and living our purpose, it still can hold sadness and pain and um, conflict or struggle, right? Whatever it is that we're, we're working with. Um, I, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I just really, really liked that idea. I don't mean that as a depressing idea. I mean that as a human idea. I really like the idea and that, that reminder that Dharma can be noisy and unpleasant and painful, but it's still the sound of duty. It's still the sound of love, of family, of laws, older than time, right? And that leads us to the contentment to be happy. It's the sound of purpose. It's the sound of our universe. And so what we are hearing in those moments is the sound of Dharma. And I just think that um, this was a great Example to me, I was reading it later on. I had got to the end of the book at the after I had put my son to bed that night, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's it, right? He, you learn um, sometimes more by falling first, and this is his version of, of falling a little bit. And so, um, hopefully, we can all just remind ourselves wherever we are in our own life that when these things happen, you know, when we have. Uh, what seems to be things that we wish we didn't, right, are things that we long for differently. Uh, it's still part of our path. We're moving along on our path in a way that um, that can only be ours. You know, and that's what I love about the Ayurveda practice is that they they very much say that we each have our own individual nature. They call it prakriti. And so we each have our own individual reason for being here. That includes the lessons that we have to learn about the things that we have to offer our purpose on the planet. And it's very different for each of us. And so wherever we are and whatever our experience is, I've come to believe that all of it is part of our dharma. I don't think it can be any other way. And so as we move through our life with more awareness and as we move through it with more understanding and really, uh, you know, spend time uh, deepening our practices, our spiritual practices, the veils begin to remove. Um, there's something um Elizabeth Lesser was saying, and I don't, I, I don't know who she is, but this is what she said. Um, remove the veils, right? That's my daily prayer. Remove the veils. And so she gets up every morning and that's what she says. Remove the veils. And I think that what better prayer is that, right? Because so much of what we get stuck with are, are, the veils, right? Thinking we know or thinking we understand or thinking we see things a certain way. Um, and I just thought that that was what a wonderful prayer. Uh, and the last thing that I, I think I want to say, and I'm not sure where this is from, but I love this going back to the Dharma piece for a moment. Um, this man who was a painter was asked, you know, do you like to paint? And he said, no. 
And then the next question, of course, is then why do you do it? And he said, because I must, right? Because I must. And to me, that's, that is Dharma, right? Because I must, right? Like whatever is happening, whatever you're being called to, it's not always enjoyable, It's all sorts of things. And and, um, that reminder that it's not always enjoyable, but it is part of your path. And so you can hold both. This is the thing I want to leave you with. You can hold both fulfillment and pain at the same time. It's not always going to be that way. We want to really remember that lots of times, you know, it's fulfilling and joyful and and happy and light and loving, right? But when there's pain, we don't have to just hold pain. We can hold both purpose and pain, fulfillment and pain, right? Passion and whatever and pain. So we can hold our dharma, our purpose, our fulfillment and pain at the same time. It doesn't have to be just the negative piece, right? So that's something that um, has really helped me recently to be able to hold both states at the same time. It's not just one, right? It's not just love and light and it's not just crap, but you can hold it all together as one and you can hold. I mean, the more you get in tune with yourself, it becomes really clear how you can hold both fulfillment and pain together. And then, then I think you really gain a whole lot of power. So thank you for listening from the couch Fridays. Um, we'll be back into, you know, coming out, uh, three, uh, three podcast episodes, at least a week. So I'm back now from vacation and I'm really happy to be here. There's something very comforting about it. Uh, if you like what you heard, please, please subscribe. You can reach out to me, Shannon at onyxyogastudio.com, Shannon Elliott, yoga.com of course i have instagram and facebook as well and you can check out our yoga studio onyxyogastudio.com have a beautiful day om shanti